It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, we're taking the podcast on the road this season, and we want you to come with us. We're heading to Tampa, we're heading to Nashville, we're heading to New Orleans, and maybe a couple other surprises. Thanks to fansofphilly.com, that's P-H-A-N-S, fansofphilly.com. They put all the packages together for us, we're going to hit the road. Set it and forget it. Four-star hotels, direct flights, tickets to the game, tailgates, pregame festivities, and can be a part of our show's as we're there the whole weekend, wherever we are going. Fansofphilly.com. Make sure you use the code BGN so we all stick together and come have fun with us as we cheer on our Super Bowl champion, Philadelphia Eagles, and take over every stadium that we are in this season. Fansofphilly.com. Promo code BGN. You're listening to BGN Radio. It is a deep spiral. Under it is Sproles. Makes the first man miss, of course. Looks for running room up the right side. He cuts back to the center of the field. He's at the 45. He's at the 50. He's at the 45. He's at the 41. And Mighty Mouse is at it again. Oh, what's going on, Bleeding Green Nation? It is episode number 317. As we say hello to Indianapolis and everybody that is listening out there, it's BGN Radio. Brandley Gowton, James Seltzer along with me, John Bartsch. You can find us on the Twitter.com with all those same handles. And if you're not doing that already on Twitter, just with the podcast alone, at BGN underscore radio. And, of course, if you don't have Twitter or social media, you can always find us info at BGNradio.com. It's amazing to me that the Eagles were the largest story in Philadelphia for exactly 12 hours, and now the Sixers have taken over. Everybody forgot about uh, yesterday. We've had back-to-back OTAs that we are going to get into. Certainly, BLG was down there for both days. I was down there for one day. And, and uh, of course, uh, James Seltzer was... Uh, you know, just doing push-ups and, and working on his figure, as he usually does. BLG, what's happening, man? How are you? John, I am doing well. The Eagles just wrapped up their OTA, so they only have three days of minicamp left next week, and we're about to wind down into the dead zone. But before we get there, we still have a lot to talk about today, so it should be fun. Got a lot to get into. Uh, a lot of good, uh, a lot of good sound bites as well as we'll try and sprinkle those in uh, throughout the program, especially from uh, Nelson Aguilar. Zach Ertz had some things to say. Jason Kelsey, James Seltzer, uh, how are the dogs and how are you, sir? The dogs are terrific. My push-ups, sure, terrific as well. Um, yeah, the physique's looking good. Oh, sure. The basement, the basement is still not great. Yeah, it, well, let me flooded. tell you. Let me tell you. The superstar of the basement was John Barchard showing up at my house at 1130 at night unannounced 
to carry literal trash cans full of disgusting like <laughs> rainwater out of my basement. He was a superstar. I had been doing it for like two hours and I was gonna die. And he just like took over and carried way heavier loads than I could have. It was, uh, he is a true gentleman and a great friend and a hero for uh, for his awesomeness. Uh, Man, I wasn't even, cool. I was, I wasn't even going to get into that, but I will say I was six beers deep when I went over there. Dude, <laughs> he was—you so were the a beast, man. I, you, I wish you could have seen it, BLG. You have to ask Emily about it. He was literally just taking these huge trash cans full of water and just going like, and like lifting them up and like up my stairs, out the front, tossing them out. Let's go again. <laughs> like we will get it down. He was like a motivational coach. They've done. He was like, we will get it down to the carpet level. We will do I, this. I, 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 I actually, I actually started quoting. Uh, what was it? Uh, Remember the Titans. Fourth yes, quarter. yes, <laughs> Fourth yes. Quarter. There is no pain. Uh, it was a lot of fun, and uh, we'll probably get into more of that if you're not already. Patreon.com/slash/bgnradio. There's a brand new Eagle After Dark dropping as soon as you are uh, done with this. Plus Vince Quinn's a pawn for the review. It's a lot of fun. Uh, enough of uh, cleaning house and doing uh, literally cleaning house. But BLG, it was uh, it was two kind of crazy days. I mean, we got there yesterday. Obviously, there's the White House stuff. Where this is not gonna. We're not gonna doll, uh, d- dive into all the political stuff. If you want that, uh, the Kiston. Solak show. Uh, I jumped on there this past week. We kind of went in and, and discussed that more or less. But you know, uh, set the set the picture here, Brandon, because it was extremely busy yesterday in terms of press. Yeah, it was definitely a different kind of day. Usually, I walk into the Eagles media facility. I kind of just wave at the guard. I flash him my credential, and everything's good. It was a totally different setup on Wednesday when the Eagles were expecting a lot of press. They had a table. There's extra security. Someone was saying I wasn't on the list. I got in, obviously, because I had my press pass still. But it was it was a whole thing, and you could just tell from that moment, yeah, it's going to be a different kind of day here. And sure enough, Johnny, you got there not too long after I did, and, and we're sitting in there in the media house, and all of a sudden reporters from CNN and MSNBC and and just everywhere like coming in and it's like oh yeah this is not a normal day and then we get to Doug Peterson's press conference which I mean poor Doug by the way like Doug just gets thrown to the wolves basically he has to be the first one to have a press conference of any kind since the Eagles get disinvited from the White House and you know like it's it's not on Doug to 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 really be talking about all this it's not like he's the one coordinating all these decisions so he's out there and you have people from those news networks that I already mentioned who are trying to pepper him with questions and and he's trying to just say look guys we're moving on i have this blanket statement i don't want to say anything more about that and sure enough uh, his press conference only lasts about 8 minutes usually it's about 15 so they cut it short there was barely any real football talk going on but it's kind of just what it was. You know, it was kind of the environment. But at the same time, Doug was right. They're moving on. Like, what else is there to do? You're not going to harp on it at this point. They didn't go. They're, they have two days of mini camp or OTA practice between yesterday and today, Wednesday and Thursday, to finish up. And that was it. Yeah, the great thing uh, that uh, I had said after that press conference, because he did feel like, you know, I, I, this is the crazy thing about Doug, and, and James can attest this to uh, as well, is – 
all of us looked at him, and the city kind of looked at him coming into the city when he was first hired, and we're looking at his press conferences and going like, oh, my God, this guy's a disaster. Doesn't even know how to handle some of this other stuff. And people really read into that in terms of his te- intelligence and how he is as a football guy and all that stuff. He dominated that press conference. <laughs> like He just went, I'm not doing that. And that kind of shows you, one, why they won the Super Bowl in the first place, but two, like that's exactly what you need to do as a football team because that's his job. That's his only job is to care about those guys in the locker room and do it. And you can see him, he, uh, and I don't know who it was, but he strutted back out of that thing because I was filming him as he exited through the door and I heard the loudest high five ever to whoever he was next to because he was just, it felt like he just went, I just crushed that thing. Yeah! (laughs) You could hear it kind of echo through the hallway and do it. So, James, I don't know about you, but I I thought he handled the press conference and the players also afterwards in the locker room handled everything beautifully. John, we're done talking about this. We're moving on, All right, No more of this. Uh, No, I'm with you, man. I was, it's so funny because this was a guy who they didn't let do the end-of-year press conference after his first season. Like, we hadn't seen that. We were like, it, the coach is going to speak, and, the, and they wouldn't let him speak. And now, like Brandon said, he's the patsy that they're throwing out and saying, like, go handle it, and he's crushing it. Like, he was in total command of that press conference. He wasn't going to say a single thing that anyone could take in a different way, that anyone could use as a way to fuel any sort of fire he was like we are moving on this is about this football team and this is over and I was I like I, like you said John like it is when you think about how far this guy has come from a handling the media perspective from a public persona perspective from a just the the our perception and view of the guy it is it is unbelievable. He is such a commanding figure now. He has such gravitas. He has power about him. He is a Super Bowl winning head coach. A guy who was willing to to let his team run a freaking trick play at fourth and goal in the Super Bowl. Like <laughs> the guy with the biggest balls we've ever seen in this city. Like, and he handled that press conference like that. And I think it's I think this whole experience has changed him. Like we kind of talked about. Howie Roseman, right? Like coming back from the the closet. Now he's a different person and he went about his business a different way and worked well with others and all this other stuff. I think that you're seeing the exact same thing with Doug from this kind of, I think the football coach was always there and that's what we learned, that, that part of it and the locker room and being able to like have those guys believe in him. But in terms of the the way he is to us and to the media and the public, like he knows he's a badass and he's acting like it and it's awesome. Yeah, it certainly is. It was uh, it was cool to see only because, like, I know everybody's there to do their jobs, especially when they're not football reporters, and it went from, you know, three cameras, which is normally there, as BLG was kind of saying, to 13. Like, there was 13 cameras there, so uh, I was actually scared I wasn't going to get the, the recording of, uh, of it in there because there wasn't enough slots left, but... Um, you could just see the faces of all those national guys just all of a sudden just, oh, you know, like instantly. Like, oh. <laughs> They're like, oh, <laughs> like, we came all the way out here. here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. 
Uh, so so that was great. But BLG, like you said, there was like the biggest news of, of, regarding Eagles football that just kind of got dropped in there. Carson Wentz is going to start doing seven on sevens, and that kind of led up to you know what Chris Mortensen had said the day before, and that just kind of snuck in there all between all the deflections. And uh, you know we had a conversation afterwards. We we're like, okay, you think uh, every, everybody in the press room was like. All right, you think we see it today, and uh, and they did. The last two days, he's been out there, right? Yeah, Carson's been looking good, man. And what were we talking about last week when we were at the Fillmore? We were talking about best bets and a certain – well, John, your best bet, obviously, was that Nick Foles isn't going to play at all. But my, my Still specific good. one – And it is, and even more specific to that was that he is going to play week one. I don't know at this point how you could even think otherwise. Like he's been – I mean, barring some kind of – you know, setback, you know, God forbid, or something weird happens. I just, I, I don't see it right now. He's progressing so well. I was watching him in practice today on Thursday. He was going through a footwork drill. Uh, Jimmy Kemsky, who was standing right next to me, was even like, he looks better than Foles. <laughs> this footwork, and you know, Carson has a brace on, and he's coming off this injury. And Nick Foles is not known to be the most fleet of foot person, so you know, take that for what it's worth. It's, it's antelopes still, are pretty, are pretty uh, athletic, right? <laughs> it's still good. Oh no, come on! I mean, you're, yeah, okay. Nick Foles is going to beat you in a in a foot race, right? I mean, oh, I mean, like the 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 other the average other athlete. Anyway, not the point. So the point was that Carson looks really good. And Chris Mortensen had even said that he is, quote unquote, shockingly ahead of schedule, which I would agree with. And I think we really even we we saw that on the first day of OTAs. We saw it. We didn't know how much it meant because, okay, we're kind of having this cautious mindset. But as it's progressed throughout, he's gone from going in that first day of OTAs and not really doing too much. Uh, outside of the individual drills to now participating a little bit in seven on seven. He's not doing probably, you know, he's not getting the the starters reps of seven on seven. He's kind of just doing a snap or two in there, uh, but he looks good. There's no kind of limitation seemingly on him. Uh, Chris Mortensen had said he threw a 60 yard pass and practice effortlessly at one point. So everything sounds good on that front. And I think that's good to good, to, a good place to be. I, I keep coming back to, uh, people saying, oh, you can't rush him. Uh, and no one's rushing him. And I don't think there's – I think there's a point of diminishing returns in the sense of there's going to be a point where he's ready to play and you, you just you, – I think in my in my mind, you put him out there because he's ready to play. You don't get any more benefit from sitting him, sitting him for so many games if he's ready. Yeah, certainly. And you, even just in the uh, yesterday when they're doing the Dwight Schrute medicine ball, you know, cardio drill where they're they're throwing these big rubber balls phrasing at uh at, you know, at each other here and you just see I think Nate Nate Sudfeld might have been joking or I don't know if Carson Wentz told him to actually like, "Hey, throw this one at my head, you throw this one at my feet." But he ducked down and then moved out of the way and you're going Okay, <laughs> that's him. He's back. And James, are you ready for my extremely too early? I've had seven cups of coffee today. Take. <laughs> I'm always ready for that take, Johnny. This some bitch is going to throw 41 touchdowns this year. That's what I think. I mean, like God Almighty, does he just? And it's nothing physically different. It's nothing that is. It's just all the other different uh, boring sports talk stuff that we always talk about. Like it's, you know, where his mind's at and and everything. He just looks incredibly sharp. And and again, it's just uh, helmets and shorts here. But 
Uh, I think you you should be very excited with with Carson Wentz coming into this year once again. Yeah, shockingly ahead of schedule. It's like that makes it move, you know? It's like... I can't get over. Uh, look, I, I can't. It's not, like BLG said. I don't think and has said for a while. I, the fact Carson Wentz is a genetic freak. He is yes. as as athletic as it's going to get, and more importantly, he is also someone who is a freak in terms of work ethic and in terms of wanting to. You know, doing. He will push his body as far as his body Real. will allow to get to that point. And look, I I think all the talk of, there's a difference between the talk of caution and and worry. I think with there, you know, you should, like BLG said, like you should be cautious with Wentz in the sense that if he is not fully 100% ready to play, he shouldn't play. But if he is ahead of the timeline just because he's a genetic freak and because of the the rehab and the work ethic and all that stuff, then then BLG's right. Like you can't tell that guy that he's not allowed to go out and play if he's ready to play. So I, I think Eagles fans should be incredibly excited about this. Uh, Mortensen is as reliable as it gets when it comes to this type of stuff, and. Again, I I don't think it's that surprising. When we look at what the front end of that timeline is, that nine-month timeline, it, there's no reason that Wentz, at his age, with the best care in the world, couldn't beat that timeline or be right there at the front end of that timeline. Uh, you know, again, we've seen other people beat it before as well. So to, I, I don't see why someone like that, especially with his work ethic, wouldn't be one of those people. And and John, to your point, look, if if he plays 16 games, he's going to throw 41 touchdowns. He was on pace for that, right? I mean, come on. Like, <laughs> yeah. let's go. Uh, I, I think, and we've talked about it a lot too, just to, and, and just because you guys mentioned it, that just – his whole mental outlook on everything, like the whole, the way he's approached this rehab, it just is another example of why he's so great. You know, he has the physical stuff. We all know that the, the, the arm, the size, the speed, the athleticism, but the reason he has a chance to be an all time great quarterback and, and showed in his second season, he was an MVP front runner until he got hurt is because of the stuff going on above the shoulders between the the brain, the processing ability, the the you know like p- perfect memory that he has for every plays, every run, and all that type of stuff, but also just the the will and the fortitude and the toughness and the the belief in the ability to get back on the field, all that type of stuff just can't be underrated. And it's part of what makes him such a great leader as well, and and such a confident guy at his age. Uh, I like I, I'm with you guys. I, this is this is the best news we. Could possibly hear but again like just to 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 table it if he isn't ready it's also it's not the worst thing ever but i i think that he will be ready at this point i don't i don't see why you wouldn't believe that he will be ready to go week one yeah certainly and it, and it even is just um because I, I did a couple of phoners with some some vikings podcasts this week too and just even uh, real, do you remember last year we were kind of getting into that in a lot of our post and pregame shows and saying how weird it would be to have an all-time quarterback in Philadelphia along now? Like, hey, they won the Super Bowl, and and this guy might end up being like the next big guy. And it's so weird to listen to everybody around the NFL go, well, yeah, I mean, there's going to be Rodgers uh, still is around, and then Tom Brady and Ben Roethlisberger are on their way out, and then it really is. Wentz will probably be the best quarterback or one of two or one of three 
kind of in the league, and you're going like, holy crap, it's it's still it's still a weird reality. And I understand that there are some like, hey, you know, we want to see the consistency. It's just, I, 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 I don't. Do you see at any point where Carson Wentz would regress into something that he's already not? Well, I mean, statistically, he could be bound to regress just from sure. just because last season was so amazing, and not not saying like falling off a cliff, but just you know a little bit here and there, and coming off the injury. I mean, that's the thing about being a hundred percent. Like that's a really a relative term to me. He may not be a hundred percent in terms of like his ability to really do crazy things and and kind of make those plays like he did against that like that incredible throw against the Seahawks, or where he's escaping from a pile against Washington. Like he might not be able to do the full range of that right away, especially. Um, that's fine. I don't think he needs to be able to do that right away in order to play. I think he's you know obviously he's so he can. Um, be great from the pocket as well. He doesn't need to always be running around doing crazy stuff to be a, a good player. But uh, yeah, it is exciting, man. And it's it's a huge reason why we're so optimistic about this team moving forward. Like, that can't be underrated. You can't – in the NFL, you can't just look at a team and be like, okay, we had success one year, so we'll be successful the next year. Case in point, the 2016 version of the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> a big right. reason why they weren't as good the next year is because the quarterback play – fell off dramatically as expected. So with Carson Wentz here, you have this stability at the highest level and you just we've seen his ceiling. That's the thing. We we know his ceiling is an MVP player and potentially very like not out of the question a Super Bowl MVP player. Not hard to imagine that he could have easily won that if things progressed. So it's ex- it's an exciting thought now. Of course there's always that room for the step back and I, that's what the season I guess one of the bigger question marks is going to be we're going to see how Carson plays coming off that but I just feel like there's so many things surrounding him still that are good in terms of you have Doug here and I know you lose Flip and um, Frank Reich which is part of why you were on the podcast there John to talk about yes, the, what those what those things mean with with them gone but you still have Corey Clement you still have Mike Wallace, you brought him in. You have Alshon. Zach Oates is reliable as a tight end target as ever. You have Dallas, a.k.a. Philly Goddard. Like, There's so many weapons here and that offensive line. It just feels like there's too much for him to fail. Yeah, and I want to talk about that a little bit uh, too, BLG, and it's especially something I've noticed, and certainly I think you've noticed too over the past couple of days uh, with that wide receiver group. Uh, and unfortunately, let's start it out with the bad news because it's a kid I've been rooting for for a long time. How bad did it look when Greg Ward did go down today? I think he had a clash with, was it Razul Douglas that yeah. was going on there? What happened, buddy? It was scary, man. Uh, so Carson throws a ball into the end zone during a seven-on-seven drill, and the pass is a little bit high. I mean, if it was a taller wide receiver, they probably would have had a shot at it. Greg Ward isn't the tallest guy, and and Greg Ward went up there. He didn't get it, collided with Rizal Douglas in air, fell real hard on the ground, fell on his front, and, man, he did not move for a while. Thankfully, uh, he did take a couple steps as he was getting carted off, and apparently a couple reporters after practice said he was in the locker room and he's doing well and he'll be fine. So hopefully that's the case. But and that's scary. That's that's the scary thing about these OTAs. I mean, we saw with Paul Warlow day one and not even that far into practice where he tears his ACL. I mean, so those kind of things can happen. 
and it's a real bummer. Thankfully, he seems to be okay, so hopefully that's the case. Well, good. I hope uh, I hope he is okay because uh, again, he was he's giving some a, first team reps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. He's he's been having a good go so far, and so is Shelton Gibson. And which leads me to my point is just as much as we talk about how how much the corners are strength, the wide receiver group looks great. Like it it does have depth there now uh, to start off this camp, and just by the uh, the naked eye test here, the, um, there is a difference between Torrey Smith and Mike Wallace. I think we knew that, but just look looking at their three-by-one sets where eventually it's going to be Alshon Jeffrey next to uh, Mike Wallace next to Nelson Aguilar. You just go, God dang. You know, like, ooh. Uh, and, as, and as much as we think as Mike Wallace is a burner, uh, the, if you look at just some of the stuff that he was doing in Baltimore on, on those intermediate routes and, you know, uh, some comebacks, some uh, some inside routes, that's going to be different. To have those, to have Nelson Aguilar and Mike Wallace kind of paired that way to do different stuff, and, and uh, I, I don't know. Like, I'm just, I'm really, really excited for that, and it leads up to all the things that you were saying there, BLG, where um, whether that is Eckerts or maybe they, they take out the running back and they put uh, you know Philly Goddard in the, in that role where you're going 12 personnel or, 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 or two personnel, I guess, at that point, and, and having some fun, like seeing the different wrinkles that it can become here. And, you know, James, man, I, I know you weren't there, but Philly Goddard is unfair. <laughs> in the red zone like it, it it's they, they 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 had him up against Corey Nelson and granted it's Corey Nelson it's a linebacker but if if for any reason uh that the, someone uh, deploys a linebacker on that guy it's it's game over that's it and that's 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 really really exciting kind of contributes uh, to all that James when you're thinking of of this offensive group specifically and just the pass catchers what's your immediate like first gut reaction when you look at you know Mike Wallace, Dallas Goddard being here, along with all the other things that are that have been here already, I, for me it means more tools for Doug Peterson to put in his creative tool chest. Uh, I mean, you look at all the options, and and I was a really big fan of the Mike Wallace signing. I I think he's a much better version of Torrey Smith, and I, I know John, you've been pointing that out a lot. What you've seen from him in OTAs and how impressive he's been, and. I just I think that's such a nice signing for for a very low risk type of deal, and you know you add that to Goddard, depending on how quickly he can get up to speed, even just you know as a, a red zone weapon like you guys are talking about potentially you know against the linebacker getting him in coverage, and that's the point with Doug Peterson. Like that's why my mind just goes to Peterson is the sense of of thinking about all these kind of interchangeable pieces with Aguilar and uh, Mike Wallace, and then, you know, Ertz and Goddard, and then Sproles and Clement in the backfield, and then, of course, Alshon. Like, it just feels like there's so many creative things that Peterson can do with these guys and alignments and, and you know, shifting directions and all that type of stuff that he loves to do with, with just better tools. And then a quarterback, of course, who, who has the brain and the talent to execute it. I, I don't, like... I, I don't know if if the like I, it's hard because we talked about this on the midday show today. We talked about it like is this team better than the the Super Bowl team? And I have such a hard time saying like something like that because you know the other team just won the freaking Super Bowl. But I do think it's a unique offensive group here with Wentz coming back, and if we believe like it seems he's going to be back week one, then. You know, the drive that that guy's going to have to win and to to take the group and do it himself, 
I'm just, I think this offense's potential between Peterson, a healthy Wentz, and these weapons is like borderline unlimited. It, 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 could, it could be a historically great offense if things fall into line. Yeah, and I just keep thinking of the middle of the field and how, you know, Doug Peterson did such a great job at controlling that last year. Uh, and that's that was kind of the emergence of Nelson Aguilar. And I don't I can't remember if it was ever said out of any one of our mouths, but uh, sometime in, a, in the past uh, two weeks or so, Doug Peterson had, or I think Mike Groh even mentioned that it was Doug's idea to put Nelson in the slot there, which is something I forgot to mention the last time we recorded, but you're just going like, yeah, man, <laughs> he is. I, he went from he went from Shake Shack to Del Frisco's in like eight weeks, <laughs> and uh, and I and I absolutely love it. I want to get BLG's take on Mike Wallace because it sounded like he had a really good day today as well. But just want to uh, throw out there too, if you are a local business, a national business, then we certainly want to talk to you because. We are looking for sponsors for this upcoming season as we cover the road to repeat. So we're happy to work with uh, businesses of all shapes and sizes to come up with creative creative solutions to reach your uh, new customer base. Or if there's a specific thing you want to promote for a week or there's a, you know, a lot of th- different things that we can do between the podcast, uh, doing live shows at your business, social media posts, show sponsorships, whatever you're looking for. We we'll, would love we'll to make it happen. We'll even come just hang out with you if you want. Yeah, if you want to just drink beers and, and talk birds, I'm there's, really there's a lot of that, stuff guys. to do. I'm really good at that, I'm really good at that. Too good at that, uh, some might say. <laughs> uh, but uh, certainly uh, join us on the road to victory. Just email us at info at bgnradio.com, info at bgnradio.com. And obviously, if uh, if you don't feel like emailing and you're lazy like me, you just want to send us a tweet, we'll get back to you there at John Barchard at bgn underscore radio, BLG. Mike Wallace had a really good day today, and it sounds like he had a pretty, some pretty outstanding catches. What happened? Yeah, before I get to that, John, I would say our advertising works, too. I mean, just go ask Woodrow's sam- Sandwich Shop. Not even <laughs> yes. a sponsor. We've just yes. told people to go eat their cheese steaks, and people love them, and they tweeted at, they tweet us pictures of them all the time. So just something to keep in mind if you're listening yes, to this and you're certainly. interested. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as Mike Wallace goes... Which everyone is dying to know about. I mean, he's just looks solid. That's the thing. Like it's it's not like he's doing anything that's like, oh my gosh, he's amazing. He's he just he's making plays a good receiver makes. Like today, for example, uh, Nick Foles threw a pass to him in traffic, and he just he leapt up there, made that contested catch. It's just good to see. It's it's basically what he's done all spring. He hasn't been overly flashy, but he's been pretty solid. He's been what we would have expected him to be in terms of this guy who comes in and replaces Torrey Smith and is a pretty good receiver all around. I think that's something that probably gets underrated with Mike Wallace. Obviously, he has that deep speed. He has that big playability. You can see that in his numbers along with his tape, but he also can do other things as well. It's He's not like a one-trick pony, basically, is what I'm trying to say. He, you can put him in the slot. You can ask him to run a slant. You can ask him to make a contested grab here and there. He's just an overall valuable contributor at wide receiver, so it's nice to have him. And then to piggyback on the the Goddard thing, I mean, God, Ert, he looked good in the red zone, <laughs> in the end zone, even. God, Ert, uh, on on um, was it Wednesday here? So uh, that's really encouraging to see. I know even today in practice on Thursday. Nate Studfeld, our baby, had a great pass to him down the seam and uh, just threaded it in a tight window there. And and it was awesome to see Nate Studfeld just go up to him and start shaking him after the play. It seems like he already has a chemistry with him, which is just really funny to me. 
<laughs> well, I mean, gonna you know, get some uh, preseason action together, baby. It's gonna oh, be yeah. it's gonna be worth watching. Oh, Nate Sudfeld yeah. throwing studies. <laughs> Which is good because honestly, Nate Nate hasn't had a, a great camp so far. But I'd say the last two days have been he's pretty good. Up. He's picked it up a little bit. You know who else has picked it up? BLG. How about the Care Bear stare himself? How about my boy Taylor Hart? Still in it, baby. Oh Still in it. God. I love it. I love it. Taking t- taking reps with the twos today. He's hanging around. How is He's that guy the 2014 still here? Draft class. <laughs> How is that guy yeah. still here? I don't know, but was that just due to uh, to people missing practices today? Which there was. There's a good amount of it. I think what Kelsey and we had uh, Lane basic, was out. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, Lane took off. Uh, you know, JP is limited in team drills anyway, so Big V was playing left tackle. But, yeah, I mean, Taylor Hart, I feel like, was on the roster bubble last year, which might surprise people, but I think if he was still practice squad eligible, he probably would have been on the practice squad last year. And he literally was on the roster at one point. They had him in there for that brief period of time before they ended up cutting him and signing Will Beatty. So uh, definitely some competition there. For those offensive line spots, you have Matt Pryor back there. Obviously, Mylotta is a work in progress, man. John, you said it to me. He yeah. got turned around. I think Josh Sweat put him in the spin cycle. So that's a work in progress. The, the Somalo thing, to me, is it's kind of interesting here, just in, in the terms of, again, this was a dude who was basically the undisputed starter at left guard going into last season. Frank Reich mm-hmm. named him the starter, and then they cut Alan Barber, and ultimately traded him later that day. So he goes from this just uh, like no no questions asked starter, gets benched after those two games, and now he's not even one of the top backups. So when they were doing group install today, they had Wiz as the as the center on the first team, and they put Warmack, Chance Warmack at the first team left guard. And then on the second team, they had your boy John Toth at mm-hmm. center, and Samalo was playing right guard. So... I don't even know what the deal is there. And then Samalo, too, during the only thing he's really doing in full team drills, because those were just install. There's no, you know, there's no offense versus defense when he was lining up. He's just snapping the ball in seven on seven. Like I, I just, I really don't get it. It's kind of bizarre. Well, uh, James, uh, chime in when you know what. It's so hard <laughs> to say goodbye to I can't even make that rhyme to like Samalo which is unfortunate because like everybody just said put him at center put him at center put him at center and then um yeah I just uh I just don't think he's he doesn't have it uh which is which is unfortunate as well hey James what if I told you I think Samalo doesn't have it Team, uh, yeah, there is. Uh, what, James, what if I also also told you if, if that Donnell Pumphrey has not been practicing for the last two days? How does that make you feel? Uh, completely and totally not surprised. <laughs> See you, buddy. It's been nice yeah, it's, knowing you, fella. Enjoy the CFL, a- maybe. I, uh, it's just, uh, yeah, I, uh, and him, and, and by the way, th- that whole. RB4 debate that we were just having like a month ago and where everybody just clearly said Josh Adams ah, it's going to be Matt Jones yeah, everybody I think it's going to be Matt uh, Jones I think you're right you know, John I mean 
me and BLG were talking about this, James, but we he like this is how amazing BLG is. He just goes, All right, percentages. As we're like waiting for special teams drills to finally get over, he just goes, All right, Matt Jones fifty percent. Smallwood twenty-eight. Gave everybody a little fraction as it goes along there. But I get you know, again, it's not a big deal. Uh, but I think the, the I mean, Donnell Pumphrey, whoever's sorry, Benjamin, so like Deron De- Teron Davenport, it's I don't think it's gonna happen. Like there's there is nothing that's really changed. The longer he sits out, it's not a good sign for him. Obviously, I don't want to have him go out there and play if he's he's hurt and banged up or whatever. But I don't know. It, I, I mean, do you think that he – did they put him on the practice squad this this year and just say if he gets picked up, he gets picked up? Yeah, at best. I, I mean, you know, like I, I, he's not – let's put it there's a 0% chance that he will be on the 53-man roster. Zero. Wow, zero. 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 Well, that's going to happen. Zero. Can you just say 2% so you don't get tweeted at in, like, you know, September know. or whatever? You're not getting even more 1%. Zero. Everyone else can get hurt. Everyone else could somehow get hurt. Zero. Or like, you know, I stand by it. Away. Zero. All right, all right, all right. Let's okay. hope, That's yes. his best bet. Brandon, let's hope the Eagles' plane doesn't go down or something. Sure. Good call. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Why? why well, because Brandon said they could die. Brandon said they could die. No, I didn't say everyone. I just meant, like, one person could, you know. All right. This is way too morbid. <laughs> we just we, <laughs> that's got exceptionally put, morbid. Just put the I don't wish on death the upon anybody. Obviously yeah, not. Of course not. <sighs> We were having such a good time, too. Uh, also, <laughs> You guys just uh, couldn't to, uh, let me have my 0%. You had to go at me. Yeah. Had to keep pushing it, buddy. Had to keep pushing it. Uh, uh, BLG, real quick, too, because um, yeah. uh, it was, saw that you mentioned that Ronald Darby took some nickel uh, s- uh, snaps today. Uh, that's been kind of in the rotation, but um, we, we've we've gone this far in the podcast, and I can't believe we haven't talked about Bosby yet. What oh, day yeah. for him on Wednesday? Tell us about it. Yeah, I mean, I can't believe like this is still a thing. It just seems so random. It's like it's just if we could if you could make any kind of list of like players you would expect to to see or be interested in see Bosby. It's not like he, it would be impossible for him to be on that list, but like he just. He wasn't on anyone's radar, basically. And all of a sudden, he comes in, and he's freaking killing it. And many are these OTA practices. He had two picks and one pass breakup during Wednesday's practices. I didn't, note him, or I didn't notice him as much on Thursday. But, I mean, the first three OTA practices, so the first Tuesday and then the Tuesday after that and then this Wednesday, I mean, you, you couldn't not notice him. He's making plays on the ball. He looks good in coverage in the slot where they're having him play, especially since Sidney Jones uh, is miss, has been missing some time as well. In addition to Pumphrey there, he missed the last two practices. And he's been getting time on the outside. And our good friend L.L. Pavorsky got in with him on the ground floor and said he's just, just the nicest dude ever. I guess he came in he came in there to get his Super Bowl ring sized, I believe, yeah, if I'm, that's I'm right. not mistaken. So um, just seems like a good to, dude, too, from what we've heard off the field. So it's interesting because we're, we're, we were looking at this Eagles cornerback position coming into these workouts saying they have a lot of guys here, and it's a good problem to have, but they're going to have to figure this out somehow. And 
what we've seen from the guys this spring. I mean, Avante Maddox has shown some potential too. So there's a lot of names and by here. The way, by the way, uh, Corey Unlin has yelled his name at least 50 times already, which oh, I think yeah. is, a, is a good sign. Yeah, yeah. welcome welcome to the Eagles, Avante. I mean, that's basically <laughs> yeah, a staple right. of Corey Unlin just chewing you out. He did the same with Jalen Mills for the, especially the first two years here. Doesn't get that as much now. He's starting to earn that veteran reputation. But yeah, that's definitely, I think. Avante! Yeah, Meet you over here, bud. Gotta <laughs> Stay with me, Avante. It, like every other much, five seconds, it's great. Yeah, yeah, it's like an initiation thing almost. I mean, it's <laughs> he he Corey Unlin, man, definitely a vocal guy. I'll say that. So, uh, but they have to figure out what they're gonna do. I mean, we we already talked about the possibility of a Darby trade earlier this off season, and I've said, I think we've all pretty much said we don't want them to do it, but they're they're gonna have to figure out this corner. Logjam, which again is a great problem to have somehow. I just I don't know how this playing time and how this roster construction is going to work out. James, um, uh, I have a confession, uh, and I need you to I need you to help me here because as, as BLG talks about the logjam of corners, mm-hmm. you know who hasn't been great. <laughs> Rasul Douglas has not been great, and uh, I was talking to Tehran, and, and he makes some good points, too. And not in defense, he just goes, man, he's just getting beat today. And he's got the the double, you know, the double-edged sword where he's aggressive, and he's also big, so he's not quick enough to, like, make up for his aggressiveness if he makes a mistake, and that's been, it's been happening a lot. So what do you do with him? If he's not great, you know, like is <laughs> I, that's a, <laughs> that's I know the easy he won't make the if team. He's not but, great, but, he, but he's but he's but he's you know, I mean, he's kind of I'm he's nowhere near the Sail Malu tr- uh, track here. But like, no, I, I I don't know, I don't know what it's going to take for him to kind of put that stuff together. Where and maybe do you think it's just patience? Maybe is all is just he needs to. You know, he needs to be a little more self-aware of what he can and can't do. Yeah, I think absolutely that's his issue. I think you're definitely right about that because yeah. we've seen that the closing speed is an issue. Like, he just doesn't have it. He's not a Ronald Darby or a Sidney Jones or someone who can catch up if they make a mistake and they can be aggressive at the line, at the you know line of scrimmage or wherever and, and take a chance on something or bump a little bit or whatever. Like, because they can recover if they make a mistake. He can't do that. Uh, my bigger thought on this, though, and and I think what they do with him, look, I think he's a he's a big enough guy where I think you could, you know, he's got he's a good tackler from what we've seen so far. I think he could maybe be one of those shift him to safety type guys or a hybrid type guy, a Corey Graham role type I guy. I, I I'm gonna I'm just gonna stick my nose in real quick and say I don't see him as a safety at all. Well, uh, yeah, that, kinda agree. that's fair. Either way, uh, the point is, is uh, I think the bigger kind of macro thing where I was going is. It's really, first of all, with the cornerback position, as you guys pointed out, with both Vontae Maddox, Bosby stepping up, and I do think, obviously, the the caveat that we need to throw in, you can only take barely anything away from these OTAs because they are in pads and, you know, not in pads and all that. But, but like we said, you know, before Marcus Johnson busted out there and he made the team maybe Bosby's that type of guy this year, but uh, just in general, I think is a macro type of thing. It's, It's just, to me, it's like, it's such a great feeling that we are talking about Donnell Pumphrey and Rasul Douglas and Ike Samal. These are a third and two third and a fourth round picks. 
as guys who potentially could be like throwaway guys. And this is the type of stuff, you guys remember the Donnell Pumphrey debates, how much time we spent talking about this guy. And it's just, it is such an amazing feeling that what we still want to win again. I care as much as I've ever cared, all that type of stuff. But there is, there is a touch of that, like, eh, we won the Super Bowl. We'll figure it out. It's a real different <laughs> mentality, you know, and it's it's such champagne a champagne problem. Yes, and and it really it's awesome. Ooh, that there. Hold it's on, awesome. hashtag champagne problems. Boom. That's the title of this That's one. That's a great one. Uh, uh, well, yeah, and I was having the same. We're all having that conversation down there, BLG. It's just in, in like people were discussing how they're going to approach stories. Like if something happens, like okay, well, you can literally no longer write. Well, Wentz went down the seas is, no, is over, or Jason Peters, like, <laughs> yeah. stuff. or like this, and even right now, Razul Douglas doesn't look good. Well, it doesn't matter because Patrick Robinson wasn't good throughout the entire training camp, and then once the lights turned on, Great point. he got a fat contract from the Saints, so there's literally Great point. not a lot of directions you can go, at least this season, until something happens. Do you feel that way a little too, BLG, where you're just like, I guess, I, I mean, I could go with that angle, but we've seen that already. Yeah, I'm I'm totally with you there. I mean, this is something I was talking about. I've been wanting to do that whole exploratory podcast or article where just talking about how the Super Bowl has changed us in the mindset. It's like you just you hit on the things. It's we've seen. Uh, that's why I can't say Donald Pumphrey has zero percent chance because I've exactly. seen Nelson good Aguilar. Point. That's a good point. That's Robinson. a good point. Yeah, it's, I'll I've go. I'll these... go to point oh one percent chance. <laughs> okay. <laughs> good job, BLG. That was a fair look, critique. Not, I, well, well, hold on. The most important thing: no, nobody died when <laughs> yes. he went up to point yes. oh one percent. Very so important. Yes. No one died. But it's funny that's because. Good. I'm not even a Pumphrey guy, but it's almost just like in my mind. I'm like, I can't give him zero percent because I've seen the I've seen players and I've seen this team overcome incredible odds. I, I just I totally can't rule it out. Now with Douglas, I think I just think he's slow, man. I think that's part of the problem. Like he's playing corner and he's slow. It's just it's tough. He's I think he's kind of a I think he kind of almost tops out as a role player. I think I was talking about this before where I saw him cover Philly Goddard a couple times and he looked pretty good doing it because he had the physicality and the size to do it. Now, you know, you're not always going to have corners covering tight ends all the time. So it's kind of, again, more of a role player kind of deal. But uh, the, the truth is you probably won't see a lot of playing time if there are no injuries because you have Darby and Mills on the outside. And, and look, Sidney Jones might not even see a lot of playing time, especially if Bosby's going to look this good. I mean, he might be able to get on the field somehow, but it's not just like a lock. You're not just like penning him in there on the depth chart as a starter. So... Well, those are erasa- really good problems erasable pen, erasable pen. That's all right. Well, I mean, we'll see. I mean, it's, I'm just <laughs> saying, like the fact that he hasn't even been practicing, and Bosby has been getting slot snaps ahead of him. And I, and I think yeah. ultimately Jones projects more to the outside. And look, Darby's only here on the final year of his deal, so Jones could easily be a starter next year, and that would be fine, even if he doesn't play the the majority of his first two years. If the guys ahead of him are that good, again, it's those sh- hashtag champagne problems to have. But uh, overall, just kind of getting into more of a general theme of what we've seen at OTAs since they are now officially over because the voluntary segment is over. Minicamp begins, as I said, next week, which are mandatory practices. You know, it's been good for the most part. The biggest thing is no injuries, and unfortunately, they lost Paul Warlow. Uh, Everyone else seems to be either on the mend or doing well, so that's good. And uh, hopefully we can just make it through these last three days here.
Yeah, I have a couple of. Uh, we should we should do a prediction show for the dead zone, obviously, and because uh, there's one about Sidney Jones that I'm going to withhold because I think it might be an interesting discussion for uh, a very long time. But uh, uh, one quick note, just to, to, uh, BLG, tell me real quick about the pass rushers today because uh, Joel Otsman is uh, when I when I we both saw him yesterday he had a great day. Sounds like he had another great day today. I I loved this dude, Joe Joe Osman, Joe Osman. I'm not even sure what it is, but I love him because. Watching this guy's tape from I, now, I can't even remember where Central, he went to. Central Michigan, right? I, uh, Central Michigan. Um, Let me, let's. I'll, I'll double check that. Keep going. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I just. I was gonna say. Uh, uh, or what's the uh, the Iowa? I was gonna say Iowa State. It's not Iowa State. I think. How how, how dare I know. you? First of all, I was getting confused. <laughs> I think with the jerseys or something. Anyway, yeah, getting Central back Michigan. on topic. Northern yeah, Iowa, he, maybe. No, oh, not right. quite. No, um, I know. I he, know. <laughs> he just he looks like a linebacker honestly he's, he's just not very big i think he's very generously listed at something like 6'3 255 on the eagles roster i don't know if he's quite 6'3 but um he was getting some pressure the last couple of days and uh it's it's the eagles are so deep at defensive end already that i can't really see him sticking here and it's weird because I want to say he's a developmental guy, but I don't really know if he's there's a lot more to tap into. Like he, he this guy is jacked. Look at him. Like yeah. <laughs> he, he is super muscly. Uh, it's not like he needs to work on his body a ton. Maybe t- trying to add some more weight, but uh, it's it'll be something to watch in the preseason. I think that's a dude who's going to be kind of like the could could be the next Stephen Means in terms of making life miserable for some of those backup offensive tackles in the preseason. I know our. Our loyal listener, uh, Brendan Ekstrom, is a big Joe Osman guy. He texted me about him at 3 a.m. in the morning. He was like, that's my guy. I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for this guy. And I was like, dude, that's my guy, too. So we're on the same page on that one. Aww. I love that he doesn't he doesn't think of guitar licks at 3 o'clock in the morning when he's like, ooh, that'd be a good song. Let me write that down. I was like, oh, Joe Osman. <laughs> I have to text BLG. That's awesome. So, uh, hey, Brendan, hope the tour is going well as well. Hi, buddy. I, uh, I will... I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say he m- makes the team uh, no. in some fashion. I think he's a practice squad guy. Practice I th- squad, yes. Yeah, I think he'll. I th- I think he's got an opportunity to bump off Stephen Means in in whatever role that might be. Although I know Jim Schwartz loves him. Stephen love Means, Means is going to be 38 years Steven old Means. and the sixth defensive end on the Eagles roster. <laughs> hey, did you ever get the cheesesteak from Matt? By the way, I oh, did yeah, not. Alex McAllister. Actually, that's rude. I did yeah, not. I told you. That's BS. It's terrible. Uh, well, it has certainly been a uh, a whirlwind in in Philadelphia for the last week, and uh, the, you know we had a, the the big Eagles White House story lasted for, like I said in the beginning of the show, too long. Maybe yeah, too long, and then also like twelve hours, and uh, that's that's kind of uh, we're back to football. I uh, the only the only worry that I have is when the Eagles win the Super Bowl again. We're after going to go through that rigmarole one more time, but. <laughs> Until then, I'm glad that um, you know. It, I thought the Eagles handled it really well. I'm glad that we're we're just to, we're on to minicamp, and uh, certainly a lot to uh, lot to talk about, a lot to look into. We're gonna have a, a ton of different. Uh, we're gonna keep it up. You know, the locker room access has been great this past year uh, with videos and interviews and, and things like that. So we're excited to be uh, with everybody here. And if there's something that we're covering that you want more of just let us know either on the twitter.com at bgn underscore radio at info at bgnradio.com for all of those things james seltzer any final thoughts before we skedaddle on out of here 
Two, one, it must be terrifying to face Tyler Chatwood. Uh, he is, uh, I don't know if you guys caught the Phillies game today, but like that dude has oh, no, yeah. that guy has no idea where the ball's going. He's throwing it like 95, 96 miles an hour, and he has no idea where it's going to go. That was terrifying. Uh, and the other final thought is just to, to echo what you said. Shout out to the Eagles and, and Malcolm Jenkins, you know, with that uh, obviously powerful message with the signs. I, I just, it's one of those things where like this is, my favorite sports team of all time. It's the team that won us the Super Bowl. The Eagles are my favorite team of all the teams I root for. And for them to to somehow find a way to make me love them more, uh, it's awesome. BLG, any final thoughts as we're rolling out here? So I have one Eagles thought and one non-Eagles thought. The non-Eagles thought is... Why aren't people picking up after their dogs? Like, I feel like I've seen more oh, dog shit than it's ever. It's outrageous. It's just everywhere. PLG, it's a, it's as just a dog like, owner, it is one. I want, if I see someone do it, I will say to them, pick up your dog shit. It's like, what is wrong with you? I feel like more than ever, too. Like, I just see like huge piles because I'll be, I like to walk, I like to run, and then I'll just be going around and it's just like, what the hell? There's just, and it's usually. It's not even just like on the grass, you know, off to the side. It'll be like in the middle of the freaking like sidewalk or whatever. Like, come on, what are we doing? That's ridiculous. First of it's all, outrageous. So pick up after your dog. People should go to jail for it's, that. That's how strongly it's, it should I feel. Be, something should happen. It's. I almost it's, said executed, and I was like, it's a little strong. But they should go to jail yeah, for I, it. <laughs> Jeez. My goodness, um, what is it with everybody in death well, today? I didn't I say it. I'm saying I decided to curb <laughs> that thought and say you should go to jail for it. You know. It's Remember a, it's a big deal. Don't do it. Harsh about Lane Johnson. <laughs> you said something like crazy about him in the past. You're like, I think you should be. You're, <laughs> you ever get suspended again? Yeah. I think you should be thrown in jail. Yeah. I think that's your solution <laughs> I, to everything. I think it's fair. It's I like, think you, look, look, he hasn't right. I, I think he, you know, Lane. We, they all use the <laughs> he motivation. Heard he heard. You're welcome. Okay. F- fans Listen, we, and Lane. <laughs> When we said when we said vitamins and meat, he listened. So yeah. that's good for good him. Work. Go ahead, Bill. We love you, buddy. My, my actual eagle thought is I, I've been kind of down a little bit with some of the reaction. I know everyone's gonna have different opinions with the White House thing. I just, for me, it's really hard to get emails and tweets and see comments on bleedinggreennation.com or the bleedinggreennation.com Facebook page and see people talk about how they are more ashamed of this Eagles team than ever. And I just I'm I'm sitting here and I'm thinking what are you saying right now? This team just won the Super Bowl, yes. something they've never been able to do. They haven't won a championship since 1960, and you're telling me that you are more disappointed in them than ever. You're telling me that you are more disappointed in this team that has a guy who literally donated his entire game or season's worth of game checks to charity and Carson Wentz who's raising 85 uh why I'm not good at numbers why am I not good at numbers 500 500 grand 850k and 500 500 not 50 500k to Haiti yeah no 850 was from the charity game and then oh gotcha uh the, the organization as a whole with their autism uh, challenge raised 2.5 million like I ah, just it's insane to me how people are looking at this team and look you might not agree with everything they do that's your right whatever but like I just can't see how you're sitting there 
and you're you're telling me that you are more disappointed in this team. But guess what? Again, like I just said, if that's how you feel, fine. But personally, me, I feel more proud than ever of this team. I've never been able to be so proud of this team for both their athletic achievements, which are were incredibly just just thinking back to what they did in terms of they lost all these guys and they beat one of the best quarterback and head coaching combinations in the NFL ever. And in addition to that, they were just good dudes off the field as well. There, there are no arrests. There was nothing going crazy on. Now, I'm not saying they're all perfect. You know, like, look, that's just not the reality of an NFL locker room. But the good so much outweighs the bad. And it just, it's very saddening, saddening to me to hear that people are, and it's not the majority, but it's just to see that even exist out there, that people are not proud of this team. I just don't understand it. And personally, I am very proud of this team. I'm proud of Matt Collins for walking by when when, <laughs> when Nelson Aguilar is getting interviewed and you hear a reporter who is a national reporter looking for, you know, the, again, doing their job. Uh, what do you think uh, of the president's disappointment or saying that the fans are disappointed and without You're hesitation, abandoned. with no shirt on, with no pants on, dripping wet, walking by and getting to his locker said, we didn't disappoint anybody. We won this city a ring and just went about his business. And then the team, as a collective, went about its business yesterday and today. And if anybody has any kind of qualms about what BLG was talking about, listen to what Jason Kelsey said. Listen to him and say, there's people of all backgrounds. It's a microcosm of the United States. It's in that fucking locker room. And they all got it together and they talked to one another and they decided that this was the best move moving forward now if we understood that as people and we just ignored the fucking politicians and everybody else and actually talked to one another things would be a lot less of an issue we wouldn't have as many problems stop dealing in all the bullshit fly eagles fly that is my last thought there thank you for listening to bgn radio number 317 of the super bowl champion philadelphia eagles that we love and cover right here on bleedinggreennation.com and bgnradio.com we'll see you guys Thank you.